Welcome to Ballet Dance Live podcast. My name is Jana Komarnitska. I'm a full-time dancer based in Toronto, performing a variety of Middle Eastern and Central Asian dance styles, including ballet dance. You can find me at janadance.com as well as on Insta or Facebook by Jana Dance or Jana Komarnitska. I'm happy you've decided to join us for this weekly dose of dance inspiration because here on this podcast we explore all nuances and insights into lifestyle of ballet dancers and we are having amazing star guests who share their stories, secrets and tips with you. Call to all dancers who are looking to improve their dance skills. Ballet Dance Evolution, directed by Jelena, is starting a bunch of new programs catered to dancers at every level, such as Jelena's BD Experience, Community Classes in Los Angeles, and Jelena's BD Retreat. Also, for those who are in Sydney in March, don't miss their performance of Phantasm 1001 Nights on March 9th, 2019, because it's going to be an unforgettable night. You can find information about all this and more at their website, balladanceevolution.com. Hello, guys. How are you? It's our 50th episode. Can you believe we are at this point? It's number 50, less than in one year, and I really can't believe. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast. I always appreciate and love seeing your messages, uh, comments, uh, feedback, uh, forums, and uh, just you sharing also news about this podcast and your favorite interviews on social media with your friends. Because the more you share it, the more people can listen to us and the easier it becomes to me to continue and support this project and keep bringing awesome uh, guests uh, for you so really thank you thank you thank you for your support and sharing your favorite moments about this podcast with your friends on another a bit personal note <laughs> this month i hit 20k on my instagram page which to be honest feels a bit unreal <laughs> uh, but it uh, actually happened and i know that uh, many of you also follow me on um, Instagram. So I just wanted to take another uh, moment and thank you for your interest for my dance activities. I really, really appreciate it. And in celebration of this 20k, I decided to do a giveaway. Giveaway in collaboration with my new store, My Inner Dancer, which has a lot of goodies, uh, including outfits, uh, sport, uh, uh, training clothes, and a bunch of cute uh, uh, day-to-day like living stuff as cute mugs, uh, phone cases, notebooks, but everything inspired by a ballet dance and with many of real original designs. So, this uh, giveaway, uh, the total package that you can win is about $200. So I'm really putting a lot of cute stuff inside there, including a Baladance Magic mug with a rhythm cheat sheet on the back. It's one of my favorite (laughs) cutest items of the entire store, I think. It's perfect way to enjoy your favorite drink, uh, your favorite cup of tea or coffee, whichever drink you prefer, and at the same time review the basic rhythms and finally memorize them. But the design is really cute. Also, give 
giveaway includes a, a set of matching earrings and a necklace, gold-plated jewelries, as well as a sport bra and a tank top with very cool uh, ballad dance inspired designs. This, this is one of the things that there are a lot of cute outfits and sport wearers um, out there in the world, especially uh, we can borrow from yoga world <laughs> a lot, but there is not much uh, inspired by actual ballet dance, and it was one of the ideas why I it all decided to start this tour and try to create a couple of things specifically designed for ballet dancers. So now I'm happy to include those things in the uh, giveaway that I am running until January 25th, so there are still time to participate it's free it's very easy rules and nothing special to do you can find all details on my instagram handle is at yanar low dash dance i will also put direct link in the show notes to this episode once again giveaway is running until january 25th super easy rules to participate uh, cost you nothing but you can win awesome awesome things and by the way all the things that i just just uh, uh, described they will go to one lucky winner so you can win everything <laughs> now coming back to the podcast today we will hear another compilation episode and uh, the topic that I decided to highlight is about uh, ballet dance representation on television and the reason why I decided to focus on it is because we had several guests who had experience on presenting their ballet dance art on TV and they had very difficult, different <laughs> experiences and different influence of the TV show on their further ballet dance career. But also I thought that TV is actually one of those several bridges between ballet dancers and general audience because yeah we think and we talk that oh how huge and big is our ballet dance community but is it really in the terms of entire population it's in fact very niche and small things and most of the people on this planet have very uh, different image of uh, ballet dance that what we as professional ballet dancers uh, try to, to present. So I decided to start this episode actually with a part of interview that I did uh, with hosts of Orientalissimo and Helen Fanter and Alina Babayan. In the interview itself, we talked mostly about social media and their work on the popular Instagram page Orientalissimo. So if you want to hear more about that go back to the episode number nine and uh, we discussed a lot of important things on how social media influences uh, not only dance world but actually the general population and how it can serve as another bridge between dancers and general public as well as they actually give some tips on how dance for dancers who want to be featured on their page, what is the best way uh, to present your content for them. 
Uh, but for this episode, I uh, took, I decided to uh, choose just a that Alina was talking about ballet dance on TV, and it will clear give you idea why I decided to do uh, the episode at all. And then uh, I also put a little part that Angel um, was talking about how he sees this uh, huge distance between uh, audience and. Uh, uh, ballet dancers and it was a very interesting perspective because he had nothing to do with ballet dance before he met Alina so we kind of have a perspective of both dancers and non-dancers and then after that uh, there will be a couple other uh, parts that we will hear from actual dancers who participated in the TV and I included in this episode parts from uh, interviews with Meher Malik Brenda and Ala Kushnir. So we'll, we'll hear their experiences on TVs from different regions and countries, basically India, Ukraine, and Egypt. And I hope that listening to these interviews, but considering a specific topic, will give you some ideas and thoughts on uh, how much is in the power of us, ballet dancers, that we go on this mass uh, media what we can change and what we can change and how we should treat when we see someone else on TV. Uh, should we always like try to judge for whatever thing this person is doing or represent it as if she is doing? So I just felt like it would be a good idea to put all this together to give some food for your thoughts. So let me know after listening what you think about that. <laughs> Look, once, uh, I think last year, here in Spain, there was a program, uh, I think it was Spain Got Talent or like mm -hmm. this, and there was a dancer, um, I saw just only seconds of her performance, the cameraman uh, showed us her um, chest and <laughs> her boobs and her doing the shimmy and only the hips only i think um the, the dancer was not doing only shimmies or vulgar things and they the tv wanted to show only uh mm -hmm. the hips that was not nice and she was criticized here in in spain a lot like this is not belly dancing this is but i think that that was just the, the tv program mm -hmm. and not the dancer the cameraman was showing to the audience mm -hmm. only the parts of her body so mm -hmm. that was not nice <laughs> but that's uh, yeah it's it's true that um, of course some people can take a wrong idea uh, from some videos and content um yeah if it's because of that that um, again we, we try to balance the the content and mix um serious content uh professional dance with uh, more what i call uh, entertainment no I I met Alina and we started a relationship mm -hmm. and yeah, discussing with her about uh, belly dance. From my point of view, uh, from a person that uh, didn't know anything about belly dance more than maybe in the restaurants, okay. <laughs> I I told uh, Alina maybe it could be interesting to to create a space for belly dancers, oriental dancers. And, and try to put everything about uh, this this world uh, there to make it easier for other people 
to find uh, events and dancers and yeah, videos, uh, material from, from those dancers to, to know uh, them better. Because uh, if a person w wants to find something about belly dance, uh, this person has to search on internet, on Facebook groups, uh, look for events on different places in Facebook. So all is spread on a lot of sources, uh, different sources, and it's difficult to put all together and, and have a complete view. So what uh, we are trying to do is to, to change that and put uh, all about belly dance closer to the people it, that is not uh, inside this this world that uh, it's uh, smaller and not well known by the general public, the, the general audience. So we are trying to to make this more mainstream, maybe, yes. It's because of that that uh, when we post uh, things on uh, Orientalism on Instagram, uh, we try to mix uh, contents that can be interesting for dancers and also contents that can be more interesting for people that doesn't know actually about uh, belly dance so to, to make it more more popular and, and easier for for everybody uh, because yeah you know that uh, i know that so, sometimes we we post things that uh, dancers will will say but this is not actually belly dance or this this is not professional but the fact is that uh, a lot of people likes it and shares it and, and maybe uh, this means that we have to um, change uh, our mind about uh, that and, and try to find uh, ways to get yeah, to it uh, more uh, mainstream, no? Because of, of that, that we, we started with, uh, with Orientalism and also thinking uh, about the, the situation here in Spain, in, in Europe, in Russia is different, but in a lot of countries it's not uh, so popular and it's because of that, that that is important to um, to make it um, more popular and and try to find new spaces for this dance. So we, we have a lot of projects. We can talk about this uh, later. <laughs> mm. Well, looking forward to hearing about all of them. But uh, one thing I definitely agree is that there is a, a huge illusion that there are so many dances and in some countries it becomes like so popular, but at the same time it still is very niche uh, thing and there is a big distance between ballet dance community and uh, uh, general audience who has their own uh, um, image or um, opinions of what uh, ballet dance is. And it's great uh, Then we have some projects that can in a very mild and not pushing way, but to sort of connect those two uh, communities and uh, take away this gap and uh, educate not only dancers about all variety that exists in ballet dance, but also general audience. So that's really great. <laughs> now, let's hear Meher Malik from India in the full episode. If you want to listen to the entire interview, was number 27. Indian culture is so connected to music and dance and, and Bollywood movies we all see. So they are sort of part of everyday life of people. But what is attitude or are there any, I don't know, stereotypes or in general the attitude to dance profession in India and also specifically to ballet dance profession? 
So I would say, I, you know, like I always tell people living in India that when you live in a country for years, like since you're born, you're not actually able to tell how much it has changed. But when you come to a country from another country and you watch its progress, because you're older, you know, you, you have more maturity. So when I came to India, I was 17 and I saw India in a certain light. I saw it in a certain way. And now when I'm 30, I'm able to see India in a completely new way because I was already an adult at 17 and between 17 and 30, I'm able to make so many comparisons about how the India has changed even in the last 10, 12 years. So when I came to India in 2006 uh, and eventually started to learn dance, uh, different dancing styles, and eventually started to teach belly dance classes, I would say I was faced with a lot of um, ignorance about belly dance, number one. Number two, like I said, it was believed that belly dance was only something that people could hire dancers from. And don't mind me saying this, but often it was only dancers that people would bring from either, you know, Ukraine or Uzbekistan or Russia. And, and it was, you know, it was considered like a rich man's, you know, uh, like if I'm a man who has money, I will hire dancers from these countries and I will pay them and it will show my status in society. Do you understand what I'm so so somewhere it was related to like I can afford to bring foreigner dancers or international dancers from these countries and and that's that's what it is. So when I used to try to, you know, promote myself as an artist and I would tell people, okay, I will dance this set for this much time, this will be my charge, people used to always say, but why will we why will we hire an Indian dancer when we can get a Russian dancer? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I and and you know, and the sad part would be that often they did not actually invite good dancers, like people who committed their dance, you know, their life to belly dance. Like each country has each country has good dancers and crap dancers, of course, you know. So so they would like bring the dancers that were easily available who would come on like long contracts and you know who would work for like shit money and 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 for them it was just valuable because at the end of the day it was foreigners. So so for me I didn't have any value. I didn't have any value because a you know I'm brown skin. I'm Indian like nobody cares for me because how can a girl with brown skin belly dance, you know? It's only, it has to be somebody from a foreign country who belly dances. So I had no respect. I had no, uh, even if I told them, the, but I studied belly dance. I have studied for many years. I have been part of the culture. I speak the language. I understand the music. No, but they didn't care. Nobody cared about that. In my own country, I faced racism. It was quite unbelievable in a certain way. You know, it was really unbelievable. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, but in my own country, I was faced by this because my place was taken by foreigners, dancers who were coming from different parts of the world. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I got a few gigs here and there. And, and you know, I also had to make it the hard way. A few, I danced at a few restaurants. I danced at a few club nightclubs. So I did have it. I did. And this is when I was like 17, 18. I was really, really young. Uh, uh, I was young, you know, and, and I did not enjoy that because for me, I wanted to dance in like... I wanted to dance in a in a more uh, I won't say respectable because it's not necessary that people who dance in clubs or restaurants don't have respect. But I wanted to dance in a more artistic way. I wanted to dance with dancers. I wanted to dance. I wanted to teach people belly dance. I wanted to create, you know, uh, something interesting with belly dance. You know, my dream was not limited to only dancing. You know, 
in public spaces for people. That was not that was not my dream. But I had to obviously use that path and I started working for really, really cheap because of course nobody wanted to hire me. So I had to work for like uh, you know, it's just unbelievable amounts of money, like fifty, you know, fifty dollars a night, like dancing one hour, you know. Um it was quite it was quite unbelievable in terms of the amount of money I was getting paid, but but they hired me on a regular basis. So eventually it became good money and things like that. But I would say eventually it took a lot of time. And to be honest, the thing that actually, actually changed it was television. How much ever work I must have done, how much ever classes I must have taught. First, there was five students in classes, then it became 10, then it became 15, then it became 20. I was still faced by this constant thing of, okay, so how much do you charge? Okay, I charge this much. Okay, so what else can you offer us in the package? So there was this, there was always this other you know, if you're dancing in a nightclub or if you're dancing in a restaurant, it means you must, must be having another side business, you know? Um, so I would say it's really, you know, now the world has changed and it's really stupid to even discuss this anymore. But but prostitution and belly dance for Indians was the same thing 10 years back, honestly speaking. It was the same thing. If I was a dancer, it means that it is necessary that after my dance hours, I will be having another profession. It was like a very understood thing. And often, 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 I was asked this by clients, by guests, by dancers. And in that situation, all I could say, I mean, I would I would often, because I live in India uh, and I learn things the hard way, often I would, you know, like, I would use crass language or inappropriate language, you know, to insult that person because it's, I could not think of anything else. You know, I would just like, I would give an equivalent to, you know, I don't know, an equivalent to any English, uh, bad, bad abusive word because there was nothing else I could think of. And I was a young girl, you know, and the fact that people wanted to talk to me like this or ask me, I couldn't at first, you know, the first time when people spoke to me like this, I didn't even understand it. I was like, what is this guy asking? What does he want? What is he saying? So when I was really young, I couldn't even understand it. But then I started to understand what people are actually asking me. And then I think I learned it the hard way and I learned to, bam, you know, answer back to people like this. So I was often faced with this thing, firstly this. And then when I was also teaching belly dance, I was often faced with, you know, parents and friends and other people in society asking me questions like, you know, my daughter wants to learn belly dance, but I'm so afraid that men will look at her in a bad way. Should I still? And I was like, you know what? How your daughter, how people look at your daughter is in her hands. If she's going to go and do things or make choices that are wrong for her, people are going to look look at her that way. Whether she belly dances or she doesn't belly dance, whether she wears a mini skirt or doesn't, whether she has, uh, you know, uh, men, male friends or female friends, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the way she carries herself is how people will see her. So I, I was disappointed by society many, many times. But I still never gave up because I still had those 15 or 20 people who still believed in my work, who still saw, who respected me for what I did. And I think things truly, truly changed when I went on television to India's Got Talent in 2009, which, by the way, I did not want to go. I did not want to do television. I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be another thousand million people who are going to, you know, say horrible things to me. I don't want to go because that's already what I was facing, you know. 
uh, and I didn't want to go. So the first time they called me, I said, I'm sick. The second time they called me, I said, I'm not in town. The third time they called me and they said, listen, you don't even need to audition. Just directly come to the judges round. We have heard about you. We've heard about you from students. We've heard about you from little, little clubs that you've danced in. And we've heard that you are really talented. We want to show your talent to India. And that's when I thought, you know, maybe this is a sign. Maybe this is a good thing. And I just followed my instinct and I went to the TV show and everything changed after that. Everything, my whole life changed after that. That's uh, crazy. I had no idea about this story. Like, I mean, I know that uh, you participated in India Got Talent, but uh, to be so bold and brave and confident in your beliefs that you refused television like twice and only third time you agreed because uh, like let's be honest like for many girls for many dancers like being on television it's one of the dreams and uh, that was a big shows like across the world like india got talent or i don't know canada got talent ukraine got talent it was like worldwide uh show and uh, just be so being so confident in your beliefs that i mean in this case it was probably a combination of what you believe like the past should look like and also thinking that the, this will bring only more uh, problems and issues this this um, you know objective objective sorry my english objectification yeah. yes yeah. Uh, from people and uh, i guess it was a balance between like fears and uh, uh, being confident in what Uh, your path should look like but uh, I had no idea about this story like it's like three times uh, it got them three times to make you go on the show but I'm very happy they actually persuaded you <laughs> that they were consistent you know but 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 to be really honest um even even going on the show of course like when when the when the celebrity judges you know in front of the whole world if the celebrity judges are going to say hey, this is belly dance and we really, we we validate this dancer and we say that, yes, this girl is, she knows what she's talking about. That's when, you know, when it's said on TV, then the whole world believes it. That's the power of the media actually, you know? But even though, even though, to be honest with you, in a certain way, I did not do what was absolutely appropriate because I danced on like Shake Shack Shock, okay? The first time I went on television. And Shake Shake Shock is actually like, it's a Benedi number, you know, the the way you dance it, the way the costume is, the way you do everything is a little different. Um, you know, you wear a galabia or you you show, you the, the nuances of the style is a little different. But when I went on the show, it was difficult to do Benedi, you know, because they they did not want me to wear a full galabia, of course. They wanted me to wear like a bedla, like a trip, typical two-piece costume. They also wanted me to do like some tricks, you know, like a Turkish drop. They wanted me to do many shimmies. And so so somewhere they also put like some spices in this, you know what I mean? It was it was difficult to it was difficult to even do belly dance in even if I wanted to. Um, it was a little difficult to do it in a, in the purest way because, to be honest, India does not really understand. Like today, if I am going to go on Indian television and if I will play an Om Kulsum song and I will do an emotional oriental piece, nobody in India is going to understand that. And and somehow they're not even going to really try to, you know what I mean? They they're not really even going to make an effort. Yeah, but but I think it's problem not not with India, it's with television because I hear these kind of stories like all across the countries, either it's in yes, uh, U.S. Or, or Russia or Ukraine, and how many people needed to adopt. Yeah, know? because 
Because if you see Ala Kushnir, if you see Ala Kushnir, if you see Sadie uh, and her and her partner, I think she went with one of her uh, Sadie mm-hmm. and Kaya, maybe. Yeah. Whoever, wherever you see belly dancers all across the world on so and so's Got Talent, I think it's always like that. They always make it like a big show, you know, like a like a like some stereotypical Orientalist uh, stereotype, uh, some kind of uh, imaginary idea of belly dance, you know. Uh, so yeah, I think somewhere that if I would have had a choice, maybe I would have done something a little different, but they wanted something that was really like powerful and had some tricks and had some crazy moves. And, and, and I think at the end of the day, I, I, I gave them that, you know, I, I also had to kind of like change my, um, my belief system a little bit to give them for the greater good, because I thought that the first fear I had was shit. If I go on a television show, are they going to make belly dance look bad? Are they going to, are they going to, is it going to affect the respect of the dancing style? But then in, something in my heart said, no, they actually want belly dance, you know, in a certain way. So yes, they made it a little commercial. They made it a little um, according to the needs of uh, commercial television. But I think it gave me the right kind of platform to do all the things that I would like to do with belly dance eventually in the years to come, you know. From... Uh- Indian experience. Let's move to Ukraine. And we had a pleasure to feature Ala Kushnir in the episode number 40. And uh, specifically, we talked about her experience at Ukraine Got Talent, as well as some Lebanese uh, TV project. It's very interesting how you originally were inspired by TV and uh, TV programs and uh, um, music videos. And later on in your career, you had appeared on TV multiple times. And you probably inspired a bunch of other belly dancers (laughs) to start exploring this dance. Was your active participation in the TV project, was it uh, intentional? Like you had a goal or I want to to perform on TV or was it just something that happened naturally? The same way, just naturally and to have a fun. Actually, I wasn't uh, planned to go, for example, in uh, Ukrainian Got Talent. I just get it by chance. I come... Uh, with my student, uh, my student, she's my niece, Alas Mishleva, she is a dancer as well. That time she was uh, like eight years old. So I was thinking that it will be nice if she participates uh, Ukrainian Got Talent, but by chance I enter into the show and uh, by very big chance, very big luck and sure, very hard work, I enter to the final. So it was very the biggest experience uh, of my life about TV programs because it's a life. We cannot uh, repeat it again. It's once and uh, like a lot of people see or your uh, mistakes or your golden time. What can I say? I'm so happy because um, I got this experience and uh, use it all my uh, uh, my dance uh, life, which I have, and I, I think every TV show gives me some more and more. And uh, I, the, the the only the most biggest uh, uh, goal for me that I'm not afraid anymore uh, uh, TV and uh, uh, huge uh, audience, uh, a lot of people. Uh, so I feel very comfortable, and it's very easy for me. 
Mm, that's awesome. And uh, talking about uh, TV projects, um, of course, there are some rules that uh, any TV production will set on how they want to present any anything on TV to make it more exciting for audience, for um, viewers to keep watching the TV programs. And uh, a lot of... Uh, Dancers uh, have sometimes struggle on their attitude, on trying to combine their attitude and approach to ballet dance with those uh, TV rules <laughs> and uh, approaches. Like speaking, like uh, for instance, if we keep talking about the same program, Ukraine Got Talent, did you have any struggles? Like how, um, not even struggles, how much of your vision of ballet dance you were able to put on stage? together with what was requested from you from TV perspective? Mm -hmm. For example, in semi-final, we did exactly what I want. I choose music by myself. I choose uh, uh, my accessories, which is candles, uh, my costume. And uh, I knew that uh, it's going to be uh, something interesting uh, if I have uh, like uh, people around me also with the fire. Uh, so this was uh, fully my creation. Uh, for the final, uh, sure, uh, like uh, I need to surprise more because it's a final, yeah. Uh, sure, it uh, it was uh, like uh, many uh, proposals from uh, producers, and this was uh, our creation together. So like fifty-fifty, I give the movement. I try what they asked me, for example, dance uh, in the sand, dance in the water, uh, dance in the snow, uh, dance uh, in, in the ceiling of the building. You know, we try everything. To, and the best way uh, they watch and we record and re uh, when during the rehearsal, we find the best way to present belly dance also inside the water. And uh, it was creation, me and creative uh, team from uh, TV project. So I did. I wasn't blocked. I I feel free, and I think we did something amazing because this uh, also all production of my dance, uh, first and second one, uh, cost a lot of money. For example, the the water. Uh, the water uh, inside the water it's like uh, 7,000 euro <laughs> it's a very huge production and needs a lot of pressure so I'm so happy uh, we could do that and uh, I was part of that so um, I wasn't blocked I, I wasn't pushed by nothing and I'm happy that belly dance came uh, like that on TV that's interesting to, it's very interesting to know all these uh, insights because what we usually see is just the picture uh, on the screen and it's uh, nice and easy and it's just a few minutes, but there's so much work always put in the creation of each second and minute on TV. Anyway, uh, we were start talking right away about your participation in Ukraine Got Talent, but I uh, wanted to ask another question. Among all projects and uh, competitions and uh, TV appearances. Is there any success which is sort of your favorite or the dearest to your heart that it was like the moment 
you thought, yeah, I, I, I did it, or it was like a life changing, like anything that uh, really strikes out of all other uh, projects and uh, successes that you, you had? <laughs> ah, every project, I feel that like in the semifinal of Ukrainian Got Talent, I, I told myself, oh my God, I did it. Yes, and I did it. I moved from my small city, uh, which name is Nikolaev City, to the capital, and I opened one of the biggest and successful uh, school in Ukraine. Uh, and uh, I was so happy. And uh, my name was very known inside of Ukraine, like a Belilands teacher. So I did it. And uh, another show I have in 2007 is before Ukrainian Got Talent, Lebanon, Lebanese TV the program Hezian Alliance, mm -hmm. I get into the final as well. I became number third. So again, I did it. I was so happy because it was my first experience in Arab country uh, with a live band. And uh, I did it uh, very good, very well. And uh, another TV show, Al Rakisa in uh, Egypt, I win. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. So I was, which is all, as well changed my life. Now I'm in Egypt. Uh, and uh, this change did the program al Rakisa. So, uh, you know, when I go for something, I put a lot. <laughs> I put everything on my time, sometimes a lot of money, and uh, uh, sometimes myself, you know, to get, to get what I want. Because uh, not only luck makes you number one. Not only luck, the hard work, will take you to the uh, your dream place yeah as they say uh, the luck is uh, can change your life uh, and it's uh, awesome to have but you need to be prepared for that luck to arrive <laughs> yeah um, and the closest story will be from Brenda who was one of the participants of Al Rakasa Egyptian show which was a part of Egyptian television and it was very interesting to hear her experience and how she was dealing with a lot of stuff involved in the TV. So if you want to go back to and listen to the entire uh, interview with her, it was episode number 34. Uh, jumping sort of forward from uh, your beginning of your Valentine's journey to the show Al Rakesa, uh, how did you got involved in it? Uh, was it something that you were actively looking for? Was it by surprise? <laughs> no, actually, it was. Uh, I followed Dina on 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 Facebook, and I saw a, a post uh, from her, and she just asked uh, something like, "Do you think that you can be the best belly dancer in the world?" Something like that. I was like, "What?" <laughs> So she said, if you think so, just send me a message and I will tell you how to be. Okay, I sent her, you know, something like you don't think that they will answer even. So I sent her, I want to know what this, uh, what are you talking about? And they sent me, look, it's a new program, la, 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 la. They explained for me everything. And then they asked for a video. I sent them. And then they asked for another video. I sent them and they told me after two weeks we will answer to you. And they took like one month. It took some time, but okay. I was waiting. And by the way, after like two weeks, I was like, okay, I will forget. Maybe they didn't choose me. 
Uh, so when they called me, they just told me that I was accepted, that they will send me the tickets and the contract and everything in the upcoming weeks. And it was like this. They told me that there was many people from Argentina actually sending their their videos. Uh, but I was the only one choose from all Latin America, so I was really happy to listen to hear that because uh, it was dancers dancer from all over the world and only one from Latin America. I was really happy, but I think also it makes us think uh, that maybe there is something that uh, we should check about our dance a little bit more. And now I think Latin America is getting stronger. Uh, in Egyptian dance. That's so exciting, so interesting, and uh, the fact that you almost uh, gave up and didn't expect uh, to be chosen, and then suddenly they call you and invite to the show. That's so super exciting. Yeah. What was your first impression Then you got there and then you actually realized that, that what you were getting involved into? <laughs> uh, no, of course, I was very happy, uh, very excited, and when I went I get in in the into the the hotel and I mean from the airport I had cameras with me it was really strange uh, because usually I used to make up programs TV shows but interviews but I just went out from the from the airport and I had a lot of cameras with me it was really funny uh, so okay this will be now my new my new life for the following weeks it was months actually but i didn't know mm-hmm. and i was very impressed uh about the opinion of uh, the um, the producers and the cameraman people who was working there because they had another idea about the dancers so they were surprised why we don't go out at night or why we don't smoke why we we make rehearsals and uh, they were actually surprised that belly dance for us is something serious and professional so i was surprised how people think about belly dancing uh here in egypt it was my because we always have the idea okay belly dance for them is something bad but we don't realize how much still we live here so for me the be- first impression was uh about this topic how they don't believe we are professionals at all and how we change their mind i mean foreigners and also um the life of egyptian how different is to us uh of egyptian dancers i mean and maybe some people there was fighting about who is bigger in the show and we had problems because they didn't want to make rehearsal with us, with foreigners, uh, because they don't know how to count actually on the music because they do it with the with the lyrics. And we were counting in the music, so we had to change the choreography because they didn't know how to follow the, the choreography. So it was really, I, that changed my mind a lot. And I, I could see like the difference between being Egyptian and dancing with the music or with the lyrics and dancing by instinct and being a foreigner and dancing with the steps and counting and having the technique. Because I think dancing is a fusion between both of them. It's not this or that, it's both of them. So I was really impressed. And actually, if I, I think I used to dance different in that moment. 
understand how I, I dance now because now I know the, the language. So sometimes I was really, I felt frustrated because they give us the song like one day before or maybe 30 minutes before and I didn't know the lyrics at all. And I have to improvise and the music for Egyptian people who is expecting for you to know the music and the lyrics, and I didn't know it. So it was sometimes frustrating, but I learned a lot in that program, and I really loved to be there. I feel really, really um, happy and grateful for having the opportunity to be there and sharing that moment and knowing Egyptian dancers from inside helped me a lot, a lot, a lot for what came later that was living here mm. that's so interesting to know like we heard from some of our previous guests to the difference in uh, approach to ballet dance career from egyptian dancers and from foreign dancers but this is a, a different layer and it's uh, super interesting to hear uh, the story that two completely different approaches to music one more intuitive another more counting but you had to work as a group. You had to make it work together. Yeah. Yeah. So when we used to make the choreographies all together, it was uh, it, it was sometimes a problem. We had problems actually. It was a lot of fights uh, in the program. I think you come, but always with women Egyptians, not with us. Uh, we were just trying to make them calm down uh, because they have very um, hot <laughs> uh, personalities, so we had to make them calm down, you know, but it was a problem sometimes to fusion both cultures into one choreography to dance it all together, but finally we did it, and I think it was a good, a good, very good job, and it was good to show people, you know, that when the program was released, they it was cancelled. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about this. Uh, it was cancelled for one month because uh, it was many different groups that uh, went to complain with the authorities, and they had to make a case on the co- in, in court, telling that they, they said that we were uh, not ethical, we were por- por- porno <laughs> for dancing, and the show is going to kill the families and the morale of Egyptian people. So they had to show that it was not true, and. Um, it was really a surprise for us that all that work was because it was uh, not a live show, okay? So it was, uh, I was at home, I remember, and I was like, oh my God, after these three months there, I, I, I hope they will, they will release it finally. And uh, finally they did it, they did it. But it was hard because many people were against it. So it was nice to show that kind of people maybe will not change their minds, okay? Because who has time to do this really will not change their mind. But at least for the people who watch the show, we show them that we are professionals and know and to change at least little bit the idea that they have for, about the lead dancers. So after we finished the show and when we I came here to work, People were telling me this, that they are proud that people is taking or dancers are taking in a professional way their dance. Because actually it's one of their, the jewels of, of, of Egypt. You have the pyramids, you have many good things here. And one of them is dancing. Uh, so it's nice that some people, some dancers 
take it in a professional way and show it to the world in a professional way and teach it and learn about the music and the singers and the old dancers and everything about the culture just to put it on stage. So they were glad about it. Mm. Well, happy to hear about it. It's, of course, uh, very sad that there is such approach in Egypt to ballet dance because it's such an integral part of their culture and it's so spreading all around the globe now. And uh, it's almost like, uh, I don't even know, is it now really just Middle Eastern dance or like international dance that unites uh, people uh, all around the world? Uh, but it's great that we have some projects that can really show insights in the ballet dance life uh, and uh, people can have different opinions about, uh, I don't know, the art form or the performance itself, but at least it builds slowly, by slowly, a respect to the profession yeah. and maybe not in one take or one uh, moment, but gradually, hopefully, uh, gets more credibility to, to the profession in general. So, Yeah, I think people is changing their minds about belly dance. Uh, since the time of Samia uh, Gamal. Anyways, in that moment also they were not, they were treated like artists, but anyways, always there was um, a black shadow under the belly dancers, even in that time, okay? Because now we take them as examples, but in that moment, also, they were not like, they didn't have a good reputation, They but they were treated not like a prostitute. <laughs> now, I think um, people is changing their minds slowly, time by time, because um, now the dance is upgrading a little bit. So I think in the future, we can talk uh, about the dance uh, in another way in Egypt, because, you know, there is many... Uh, there is problem for anybody dancers, but more for Egyptians that they cannot say that they are dancers for their cultures, um, their families, their religion. There is many, many reasons. So I hope one day in the future, either foreigners or Egyptians, they can show the world that they are really dancers without having any problem. Because here still has, there is a, big amount of people, big percentage of the population that thinks that very dancing is almost the thing of prostitution or the same or even worse. You know, if when you want to insult some someone, you just say the Asa. The Asa is dancer. Okay? It's the word for belly dancer. So how comes that something that for us is uh, art for them is prostitution. You know, but I think slowly, maybe after a few 30 years, maybe after 50 years, uh, they will be able, Egyptians and foreigners in Egypt, they will be able to show it to everyone without without feeling uh, ashamed for it or without feeling guilty or without being afraid. Because maybe uh, I know a lot of dancers and a lot of people that is afraid they here in Egypt to say that they are dancers. They they can be really aggressive on street. They can be really. Uh, they can harm you. They can do. They can do it even if you are not a dancer. So can you imagine if they think, oh my God, she's a dancer. She's showing everybody her her body. So I can touch it, you know, because at least the mentality that they have on street. 
So I hope one day after a few years, they, everybody will be able to do it without hiding themselves. Mm, yeah, hopefully. Do you think that one of the main reasons uh, for such uh, attitude to balladance is uh, costume? Especially with uh, current Egyptian trends that costume get uh, uh, more and more revealing, or I would say uh, they're not showing anything, but they pretend to show. Like, you know, like a lot of dancers get to this tricky fashion of being on the edge of what's really acceptable or not. Do you think that may cause a big uh, trouble for ballet dance uh, uh, reputation? Or is it something completely different? No, no. I think it's about many factors. Okay. Um, look, for example, we are talking about uh, Samia Gamal, Sahartaki. Okay, in that moment, all, all in the films, even if they have a long, long costume, uh, so Hosni, they always make a, the very dancer like uh, someone who is dancing at night who is uh, going out with married men, who is getting drunk before going on stage. Always there is a shadow of something forbidden in the movies. So if you are watching that kind of movie since uh, 50 years or 60 years, you have two generations that think actually that belly dancers are like this. Either if they cover or not, the attitude that they have in the movies is like this. And nowadays, for example, I had I had the opportunity to shoot um, one of them. It was in a movie, and I should be a prostitute. And I said no. So then they changed, and they just put me in a video clip, and I said just two words. And really, really, I don't want to put to add more um, how to say fantasy, like if we are prostitutes. Why every dancer has to be a prostitute? Put, put someone in a, in a the, the people in the office is not a prostitute. Yes, there is people that sleep with people, I mean, everywhere, in a hospital, I don't know. So why just every dancer? So I refused that, that paper on the movie. Someone else did it. Uh, I will not say who, but someone else did it. But for me, I care about the, the, I think it's a responsibility for us belly dancers to show what we want. You have to respect the dance for others to respect it. Okay? So it's not about the costume. You can use a very short costume, uh, a very uh, short skirt, okay? And you will not, have, you, and if you dance in a proper way, it's okay. Or, uh, I don't know, you can, if you are not showing, really showing, of course, you can have a costume that is like if you are showing, but you are not showing, you are not naked, okay. It's not a problem. The problem is your attitude. The problem is what you do. Once I went to a video clip and uh, it was a kind of something funny, like kind of funeral, and then I don't know why I came, dancer came, so everybody started dancing like if they were in a club. And when I came, they put shisha and they put like, you know, people like happy and they put cocaine. They put like two or three bags of cocaine. So I st when I saw that, I stopped the shooting. I said, I will not dance if you put cocaine. Why the meaning of belly dancing is drugs? Why in a place where it's a belly dancer is drugs? So I stopped the shooting. I told them, if you continue, if you want to continue, remove this because 
I don't do it every day. I don't dance in a place with drugs. Why I will show this if it's not true? At least not me. So they remove it and we continue. Thanks God. But really, the problem is that in the imagination of people, or in, in the conscience of people, uh, because of the movies uh, from a long time ago, not it's not the only reason, but from a long time, uh, that's the idea they have. And the truth is that many of the dancers that are working since that time, they come from very poor families, they have no education, and they just take it as easy money. So uh, dancing in places like cabaret, like nightclubs, that I don't know why people have the idea that dancing there is nice, because it's not nice nowadays. You are just dancing for money. So uh, there is dancers that will do it, and there is dancers will not, will, that they will not do it. But if you are with a man showing you money and telling you, come here, so you have to dance for him, for money, they will do whatever possible just to get more money like if they have to show boobs they will show boobs they have to to dance on on their tables in a dirty way they will do it so that's why so i think it's not just the costume it's how you you dance and what what you represent in dance for others nowadays we have many dancers that they don't show nothing and they are famous and they don't need to show nothing so the people will think what you show them and not about your uh, your costume, what you show them about everything, your behavior, about everything. So many years with that idea, of course, destroy the image of belly dance. And really, really, there is many dancers that they, but it's not only in belly dance that they use it and then they are prostitutes. But not only in belly dance, that's the point. I think there is prostitu- prostitution everywhere. You know, if you see on TV, there is prostitution in the theater, anywhere. Ballet dancers, I don't know, everywhere. But if you put, if you ask to eat the idea of the movies, that will kill the reputation of belly dance. And this is what happened since 50 or 60 years ago. And nowadays, also in Egypt, uh, there is many scandals because like everywhere and like i mean even in argentina and i think everywhere when you have a scandal you are in the media so they make any scandal to be on top of the media so of course you will you will have a lot of work and you will have a lot of money but people will think in a very bad way about daily dance you know if you go out and you for example you if you have a video clip and you have the the, the, the chance to show something, show something nice. If you have a lot of media, don't go and dance naked because you will put in the mind of people that what they think about body dance is true. But today, sadly, is what people buy. Okay? So they think about themselves, okay, I will be famous because here we body dancers, we are really like, we are like celebrities. So you are famous and you get a lot of money. But you're destroying that art that is giving you that money and that um, prestige. You know, so uh, it's, it's hard, I think, to, to come back from this. Guys, 
Thank you so much for spending this time with us. And if you like this episode, it will mean a world to me if you take a few seconds and leave us a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. Also, you can always find more information about podcast as well as past episodes at yanadance.com slash podcast. As well as you can connect with me on social media by Yana Dance or Yana Komarnitska. I'm very active on Instagram as well as Facebook and share a lot of tips and inspiration for your daily ballet dance life. And by the way, don't forget to subscribe to podcasts so you never miss a future episode. And until next time, keep shimming.